Stash Comedy Network presents In the Stash, sponsored by the great people over at BK9 Bar and Restaurant, where the oxtail hash is the shh. I'm pregnant. We're not recording this, right, Josh? What are you telling me, folks? Oh, all right, hold on. We're counting sin. Damn, you even get it. Well, shit, Josh. Josh gonna get me fired. <laughs> Real trouble, trouble. I know, right? Josh got a whole. Josh gonna get me sued. <laughs> Off B rolls. Who counting us in? I mean, is it the whiskey or was it really warm? Yeah, you are. Right, I don't know. I'm about to go, go to the doctor. Uh, Tyrone, 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 Tyrone can, we, can we get a, a, a refill on Al too? More Nah, nah. The the wine Z's. Yeah, yep. they, ain't, they ain't sponsored. You the only us, Oh, I'm I mean, about to say that bottle looking a little light over here. No, no, no. That's that's, that's I'm not the only one. He's so hot. He the only one? No, I'm not the only one, fool. Oh shit, I'm about to say we have to call this nigga. Call Cardiac call P. Call me a am, call me an ambulance. The, splash, <laughs> the bourbon. That nigga's trying to make uh Morgan's I'm drinks. Pull my hand. Oh. <laughs> he ain't gonna be this answering no questions. Wow, this All is right. back, hey, hey. All right. We need him to answer at least more than two questions. Alright, let's get this, let's get this party jumping. Welcome to another episode of In The Stash Podcast. I am your host, Stephon Bishop, alongside... Raymond Sanchez, Ashley King, and Patrick Felix. And today we got the man, the myth, the legend! Yes. <laughs> Steve wow. Sinsegillis! Warm applause for that guy, yeah, man. Let's give it up for Sinsegillis. He in here, man. <laughs> Thanks, guy. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. All love. Uh, yeah, man. For those of you who don't know... Uh, Steve is uh, you're the founder of the Rectus Cutting, yes, and you know you're you're a lifestylist. You're you're well known within the community. You're an, an, listen. You're the entrepreneur of preneurs. <laughs> yeah, if that's even possible. You know what I mean? Um, I give hope. You give hope. I give hope alive. But how y'all feeling? Feeling good, good feeling good, feeling good. Can't really good, really good. Feeling good, Steve. Nah, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm happy to be here. This is an honor. I feel privileged to be around young, aspiring men like you. I appreciate Listen, that. We're, we're, we're happy just to have you. Yeah, right? I was, I was about I'm to like, say. we could get Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Steve is free right now. What? Yo, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, my schedule has been like off the chain, but like. I finally have like a moment to kind of. I got interviewed by the New York. Hold Post. on, hold on, oh, don't, no, don't get that, no, 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 Look at that, he a professional. He jumped right in. He was like, I'll be working. That's right. <laughs> I'll be working. Um, but yeah, man, this is again, you know, a weekly podcast. We're here, and you know, today's topic, uh, paying homage to you in respects. Uh, it's not just a cut; it's an experience. That's it. Yes. Um, so we wanted to talk about, you know, the experience, the, the, the evolution, I think, of like grooming. Um, mm. And like, I, like within grooming and self-care, uh, men, women, we're both experiencing, uh, I would say, an open window to what we do from traditional standards, right? I remember growing up, go get a haircut from your uncle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, to then like, all right, $10, everything was good. Now I need a 45 minute session and a dollar a minute. I need a debit card. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> to pay. But Steve, uh, I want you to open up the floor to, you know, your business, Directors Cut Inc. Um, just give us an insight to, you know, how you got started and what got you in the game. Um, so, yeah, I started, I founded Directors Cut Inc. in 2008. October of 2008 and um, 
the idea of me becoming that groomer just came across me saying, I no longer want to be in the barbershop or just be submitted and subjected to just being in the barbershop alone. Um, I wanted to create a legacy. I wanted my name to stand and live along the greats. Um, and I realized in barbering, not too much people were taking heed or respected barbers to a certain level of respect that was needed in that industry, in that um, field. So um, I decided I wanted to go into the entertainment industry, but it started off with me saying, you know, around that time music was popping, hip hop, R&B. Um, I think at the time Ludacris had came out with an album where he had cut his braids off, was rocking the Fresh Caesar. And I was like, yo, who cut his hair? <laughs> like, that shit looked terrible. <laughs> That's that aha moment. It wasn't even like, yo, it looks terrible. It was just <laughs> like, yo, he got a haircut. And now, not only people are going to recognize that Ludacris has a new album out, but he has a new album with a new haircut. Uh, I see what you're thinking. You know what I'm saying? So now it's like, yo, who cut his hair? And I was just like, I did my research and looked him up and this, that, and the third. And... um. I was like, that's where I need to go. I need to be that person that is responsible for a public figure's haircut to where people are saying, yo, who cut his hair? Or that's a nice haircut. And so I wanted to get into that that realm of the industry. But um, looking at the websites and the web pages, I was like, I need to come at it from a different perspective. Now, reason I know Stefan and the reason I know Pat is because we all met when we were working at Apple. We opened up the 14th Street store, right? Shout out to that. Big shout out to shout Apple. Shout out to Apple. Lifting boxes in the cold. You know? <laughs> oh, we dead ass. We was lifting boxes in the cold. <laughs> it was a right. store. Right. Three Negroes working on 14th Street. I'm right. Yeah. Meatpacking district. Yeah, Just, you know, pause, but it was, you know, it was out there. Yeah. It was getting, it's doing what it do. And, um, yeah. From... Working at Apple, Apple has actually taught me a lot about corporate mindset, um, how to look at things from a business perspective. Even though I come from a small business background, but it gave me a more broader outlook on things. And so when I created Director's Cut Inc., I created it with that mindset that I needed to be broader than that. I wanted Director's Cut Inc. to stand the test of time, even if I were to leave. And I realized that like with Vidal Sassoon, and him and his products, like Vidal was a great hairstylist. And to the point where he created um, cuts and designs for hair for women that stood the test of time. But the problem was women always never wanted anyone else to touch their hair but Vidal. So even though he came out with his products, he had his own salon, he was never able to pull himself away from that because the demand for him was just that much more. So for me, I accept the demand, but I want to be able to leave the legacy of my company to my kids or my family or anything so that it can keep going. So even though I am the man behind the brand, but I want the brand to stand alone. Um, I can respect that. Yeah, I mean, that's, it, it, yeah it's dope. That's a legacy right there. And I yeah. mean, I think, you know, just to broaden the conversation, um, I love that you, you know, brought up women. In that conversation, because you know that I brought up, like you know, the female oh, clientele, women. Yeah. women in general, mm -hmm. um, because often when we think of a a barber 
are a groomer. We think of like, oh, yeah, you know, it's going to be a bunch of dudes in a salon. But I think now in today's society, um, maybe the Black Panther movie, you know, <laughs> you know I, right. I go to the salon. I'm like, am I in the right place? Um, right. But there's a lot of sisters that, yeah. you know, are now embracing their natural hair and their natural look. Mm-hmm. And I think, again, to me, the the craftsman that goes into a groomer, um, because you guys are more than just barbers. Like, you guys are shaping people's lives and waves in regards of, like, how they look. And it goes down to, like, texture, hair, beard. Like, there's so much that goes into grooming. Yeah, so much I want you, yeah, So speak to that, right? Because people go, oh, you know, that's my barber. He cuts my hair. Barber does more than cut your hair. <laughs> yeah. Um, your barber gives you life advice about barbers, what products to use and, like, what you're doing wrong. everything underneath the sun that you could imagine. They're... You're, um, you know, they provide you with the look that you deserve. They counsel you. They um, they replenish you in a sense. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, they are somewhat of the the pillar of the community. Barbers and barbershops. Barbershops especially. For you sure. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, the simple fact that everything that is happening within current events, you'll get from the barbershop. You'll get from the barber. Anything that has to deal with hair products or just grooming, the whether it's fashion, whether it's facial products, whether it's hair products, um, you'll get that from your groomer. You know what I mean? Um, I don't let a client walk out my chair unless their nose hairs is cut. Because <laughs> that's, important. that's something that's very, very important. You yeah. know what I mean? There's... You can cut everything. I don't understand how you can cut somebody's full hair, their beard, their hair, and their nose hairs is just sticking out. <laughs> yeah. their beard. This book is crazy. You know? <laughs> so down to those details, like we are responsible for everything. Um, so with that, you really got to know what you're doing. You have to know the different hair textures. You're, you're supposed to be able to look at a person and know what haircut works for that individual because not everything works for everybody. Um, it, and it all depends on the size of their head, the size of their forehead, the margin between their eyebrows to their temple. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's a whole lot of different details. So you know the asymmetrics of a person's hairline is based off of the asymmetric of this, of their face. So if a person with high cheekbones or a short forehead, you can't give them a long hairline, like, you know, a long hairline that comes all the way down to their eyebrows. It looks ridiculous. So those are the things that you got to keep in mind when a customer comes to you with a photograph and says, look, I want to look like this. You know, so no disrespect, but I just keep it 100 with my customers and let them know, look, this is a Spanish person. You're, mm. you're black. You're not Javier. They come, they nah. know, Spanish, <laughs> Spanish people are black too. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. I'm just talking about their hair Hairline. texture. No, you're right. You know what I'm saying? This person has straight hair. You have coily hair. Yeah. You know, it's gonna. It's not going to look exactly the same. Yeah. Just keep in mind that. I'm going to give you something as close to that as possible. Mm. But don't think you're going to look like the picture. So I yeah. know if you're looking at the mirror when I'm done and you're looking at your photograph and you're like... Yo, what happened here, Chico? Um, <laughs> they, want, they want the Usher faux hawk with the Bismarck key head. <laughs> with a side of uh, what's that dude name that got a perm? Um, 
Prince. Oh, young Jock. Young Jock. Oh, young oh man, I don't know. His hairstyle be. Let's, 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 let's. Different. Uh, Shout out to his barber. God bless them both. Yeah. <laughs> so question, Um, you, you know, you're someone who's very educated on the history of being a groomsman mm-hmm. or a groomer. I should say not a groomsman because that's my wedding, a wedding, right? That's a wedding, yeah. wedding yeah, yeah. right? Yes. <laughs> Think about something. <laughs> you, right you, you, you hook them up though. Oh yeah, <laughs> you I do. Anybody that's getting married, I yeah. hook them up for sure. So speak to the history of like or the craftsmanship because barbers weren't originally barbers, right? No, we were barber surgeons. Ah, see nobody knows. So this. Mm. you'll cut hair and then like take out your appendix or something? No, <laughs> not in that order, of course. But no, we'll cut your hair and we'll and we'll bloodlet. Okay, yeah. I'm definitely gonna. Uh, okay, I'm definitely, yeah, pause, I'm definitely gonna. <laughs> Go ahead, Pat. I want to know Pull more about bloodletting. Wait, that's that's not the one with the leeches, right? No. Okay, good. I'm like, all right, this is escalating quickly. So go ahead. <laughs> so or educate um, us on this. So Barbara Please. comes from the Italian word Bob, right? Barbe or something to that extent, right? Um, but the fact of the matter is, is that barbering is centuries old. And it started, there was always a need for somebody to get trimmed and groomed. Um it's, and where it started was, I think, in the military, um, there were surgeons and barbers where they would groom you, but they were also allowed to like pull your teeth or you know, you know, just extract blood from you for whatever reason. Um, and there was these tents in war that that were made that had barbers in there, barber surgeons in there. So the reason that barbers have white coats on when they're cutting hair comes from that. There's only two two professions where the people in the field wear white jackets. There's doctors and barbers. So that's where that came from as far as that's concerned. Um, the barber pole is an example of that whole situation because some of the people that needed to get their blood let needed to know where to go, what tent to go into. So they had a symbol outside the tent, one that was bandaged. Um, and it was, it was like, I think it was a, a bandage wrapped around something. So it, that extracted to the barber pole, which is now red, white, and blue. So the red is, excuse me, the red, I know the red is for blood. The white is for bandage and the blue. For grip. <laughs> Rest in peace, Nip. <laughs> <laughs> and this is bad that I don't know this. But this Marathon continues, man. You good. You got you. <laughs> you got you, man. Marathon continues. But yeah, it's a, it's a dope history. Um, I think butchers also wear white jackets, but... <laughs> <laughs> that is true. But nobody respects butchers. Got... Nah, I'm just kidding. Shout out to all the butchers out there getting you your loins, you know? Yeah, so question. Uh, and let's dig. So, you know, you're... For vein, I got it now. Yeah, so the blue is for the vein. There you go. Ah, See, you need a little joke in there to help. Uh, <laughs> help the. It's the wine, man. It's the wine, man. You know what I mean? It's a sponsor to you by uh, Calm Sundays. <laughs> Calm Sundays. Nice. So, but to take it even further, um, past that, um, it was always a, a a tradition where like a lot of you know um, Caucasian people were a part of that whole. Um, situation, even African um, Africans as well. But the reason that it turned and became to a point where more African Americans are more involved with barbering than any other 
race is because there was a point in time, obviously, when there was slavery. And within slavery, the masters was always asking the slaves to trim them, to trim them and groom them and stuff. And so now they've created a community where if you're doing it for your master, then you're doing it for your peers as well. Mm-hmm. And so now they went from transferring it from them doing it to now we're doing it for them. And that's how I, in my, in my possession perspective that it came to a point where now barbering amongst sports and everything else is more dominated by our culture. Right. That is true. Right. Yeah. So speaking about like transformation and so forth, could you enlighten us more to your journey within the entertainment industry? Right? Like, how was that for you? Yeah. How it came about? Yeah. Because you <laughs> Cause ain't I'm, just a regular barber. <laughs> nah. Because I've seen my man Steve chilling with the stars. I'm watching, what was it? What, we're watching uh, Emmys. And mm-hmm. I'm, like, I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Mm-hmm. Who's this on my screen right about now? My man Steve. My son be like, we got to make an appointment to get a oh, haircut. Yeah. We got to make an appointment, son. No games. Websites. <laughs> <laughs> so like I said, originally, I wanted to, to jump into the entertainment industry. But that for me was music because around that time, you know, hip hop and music was just flourishing at that time. Um, but not everything works out the way that you kind of plan for it to work out. And so um, how I basically got into the industry was through fashion. And how that happened is you all, I always say that there's always six degrees of separation. There's somebody that you know, whether it's a relative, somebody in your phone, a phone number that you have that can help you get to where you need to get to in life. And so that person happened to be a friend of mine named Coffee. And at the time, he was the fashion editor of XXL magazine, which was huge back in nice, that time. Yeah. yeah, of course. So I reached out to him and let him know what it is that I'm doing, what my plan is. I have this brand, I have this company, and I want to get into the industry as far as grooming. If you hear anything, let me know. He said, no problem. Um, that may have been like February of March of 2010. Um, by April, May, he gave me a call back and said, look, I got a, I got a shoot that I'm doing. I need you to be the groomer on that shoot. And I was like, okay, cool. I wound up going and shooting, I mean, grooming a model for the shoot. Um, his name is Ibrahim. Groomed him for the shoot and... Coffee liked my whole situation all across the board because it's not something that he was used to. So keep in mind. Hey, speak to that. Oh, not yeah. To, yeah. Elaborate on that. I'm going to elaborate. Like, so keep in mind, when you think of a barber, he's in casual attire. T-shirt, jeans, sneakers, barber coat on, so forth. When I go work on set, I'm wearing a suit and tie. Dope. Nice. That's my presentation. That's, That's my snaps. brand. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason for that is because people take you seriously. You are, you know, there's a saying, you know, dress how you want to be addressed. And that was my whole thing. I want people to respect me. Like, because there was a certain, I noticed a certain level of respect that wasn't there for barbers. And I wanted to change that. So when you see me, you're, there's people that have asked me, so you're part of the cast? You're a manager or something? And I'm like, no, I'm the barber. And they're like, dressed like this? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, what's the problem? Like, I should tell it. They thought, you, they thought you was coming from court, nigga. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not coming from court. But my mentality was like, 
There's people on Wall Street that wear suits that that are financial advisors. You trust them because they're in a suit. That's true. You trust them with your money financially because they dress the part. So I need you to trust me when I'm grooming your hair the same way. Like in the 1920s, people wore suits for whatever profession they wore. So you ain't yep. know whether they were a janitor or they were a head of CEO that of a company. True. That's true. You know what I mean? So that was my mentality going into it. So um, by Coffee seeing this, he was just like, yeah, I want you to work on every shoot that we do in New York City. Yeah. And that was that. <laughs> nice. Real recognized real. Yeah. Professionalism. The second shoot that I wound up working on happened to have um, three actors in it. Notori Norton, Rob Brown, and Michael K. Williams, who play Omar on the wire. Um, so Michael comes on set, sees me, speaks to Coffee, and is just like, yo, who is this guy? Like, he's a stylist or something? And he's like, no, nah, that's your barber. He's going to groom you. It's like, dressed like that? <laughs> you need you need, listen, you, listen, need you need products that just say yeah, just, just like, like that, that. <laughs> in a big ass question. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. That's exactly how I see it. Just like right. that. Yeah. For, you, for those of you who don't know who Michael is, uh Omar. Omar from the wire. <laughs> Stick up kid was like, this nigga claim my so at the time he was actually working on Boardwalk Empire. He just finished the first season of Boardwalk Empire. Nice. Oh, okay. Shout out to that show. So I groomed him for the fashion shoot. And I gave him my business card. Um, by March of 2011, he gives me a call. And he says, um, hey, are you available? I'm like, I'm at the shop right now. What's going on? He said, look, I need you to come and work with me on a set of Boardwalk Empire. I need a black barber that knows what he's doing to cut my hair <laughs> for the show. Yes. So, you know, no disrespect to none of the head of the department or hairstylists on the show. But... I just feel comfortable with my, you know, a brother cutting my hair. And everyone in the hair department was okay with it. The production company was okay with it. So I came on board and I was his personal groomer from season two to season five when the show ended. Hold on, we're going to clap that up. Dope. Secure that. And they. Let's throw some lightning in there if we got it too. Yeah, man. That's good. That's good. I, wa I watched all those seasons too. That's a good show. Just throw a suitcase of money. <laughs> Yeah. Boom. <laughs> did you did you only do him? Because I it was I mean, you know, back then everyone was suited up, haircuts clean. Did you did you just do him on set? Yeah, I was only responsible for him and him only. So oh, okay. I did his hair and I did his makeup on the show. Okay, oh, cool. Okay. You popping, popping. Yeah. So <laughs> I was in charge of all of that, um, and not not the aesthetic makeup like the prosthetics oh yeah, yeah if he yeah, had yeah, blood yeah. or whatever i was in the charge <laughs> okay yeah he's like nah i'm good <laughs> but um, <laughs> everything in. else i just took care of him on that and um from me working on that his purpose was you know what we're gonna get you to work on on this show with me because eventually i want you to be in the union for the hair and makeup nice so, nice so, that's love that's black love man yeah and i you know i i praise him and, and give him utmost respect for that because there's not a lot of brothers that will do that. That'll, you know, there's, there's brothers that want to do something for their community, but they, you know, there's no way of knowing exactly how to do that. Mm -hmm. And if they try, 
there's always somebody shutting him down. But Michael was relentless in making sure that that didn't happen between him and I. He's a real dude, though. Like, I mean, like, no, he's a real. I met him like, through dude, obviously like, getting my hair cut with you, but like, he's straight up real. Yeah, like, yeah. that's my brother right there. Like, if you know, if he, he's he'll come in the chair now and he'll be like, "Yo, look, I'm tired of meeting everybody that sees me and says hi and says <laughs> you." You, you're my barber's, you know, you, you work with my barber. And they're like, yeah, yeah. I know, I know. I'm, he's everybody's barber. Tell me something. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's how he approaches it, but it's all love. It's all know? love. Yeah, yeah he's, nah, he's a real my dude, guy. Man. And um, from, from Boardwalk Empire, um, he got picked up for another HBO series, um, The Night Of. Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. that was like a big... Um, situation for me too Say to it. work with him on that show. So I was his groomer, his personal groomer for that entire season, Sick. which is only a limited series. So right. it's only one season. And um, I thought that's all it was going to be, which it was, right? Then something happened to change. Um, one of the scenes, there's a scene where they knew that he was going to be in prison and he was getting his hair cut. Mm. And they had an extra that was supposed to be there to cut his hair. So they came to me and was just like, hey, um, can you cut his hair in a certain type of way to where the extra won't mess up your work? And I blatantly told them, why? (laughs) (laughs) Just use me. I was just, why risk that? You know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to clean up somebody's mistake. Like, he's he's my principal. I'm responsible for him. I'll be the extra. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, there's a scene in the night of episode four Mm -hmm. where he's in prison, sitting down, discussing whatever he's discussing, and I'm in the background cutting his hair. Yeah, I watched that one too. Uh I didn't know that was you, bro. (laughs) For me, we'll watch it again now. Yeah, for me, there's a certain like uh, sense sense of like. I'm like pride that I get when I see like my people like on. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. I'm I'm watching night of, and I'm like. Look at here. My, nigga. <laughs> my man over here cutting here for the whole world to see. <laughs> and it's extra fresh so they know it's good. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So right. that was a beautiful thing. I love seeing that. Um, I love seeing everyone uh, progress and like jump on that path. Because, um, you know, we all know that there's always going to be struggles. There's always going to be like difficulties. One of the questions that I had was in terms of like from kind of like piggybacking off of what we were talking about earlier. When it comes to like barbering, not everyone takes it like like seriously. Right. Mm-hmm. So when you decided to take it to the next level, your barbering. Like, like from your like, whether it's your peers and your friends, have you did you find like situations where they're like, oh, you're gonna try to like do X Y Z, like, like where people didn't really necessarily believe in you, or do you find that you just got like overwhelming amounts of support? Um, I got support from my family and my close friends, um, people in the barber community. I wasn't too much of a person that was reaching out, so to speak. There were certain barbers in, in in the community that once they saw me and saw what it was that I was doing, reached out to me and I welcomed them with open arms and, you know, had open conversations and dialogues with them and everything. And it was all love. Um, but things that I incorporated within my company and things that I was doing wasn't um, at, to my personal um, thoughts. It wasn't anything that I felt I think I needed to share with that community in a sense because everybody has a different outlook and outtake on what they want to do or how they want to perceive how they want to be perceived as a barber um for me it was more so about the the company 
than me personally as a barber. So not that there was no nothing in common between them and I, but it was just more so like I'm over here building a brand and building a company. You guys are building yourselves as a brand, and that's all great, and that's all love, and I, and I support you in everything that you do because the whole barber community needs that support. But um, there was there was I didn't get neither. I didn't get praise, and I didn't get the backlash of like you think you're doing mm-hmm. this or doing that. It was just more so of um, me doing stuff, and then realizing that after a certain amount of time, that the community would catch up to it and want to do it as well. Mm-hmm. So I started Directors Cut Inc. in 2008. By 2012, I was on a I was an appointment based only online appointment based on oh, person know. you know what I mean? <laughs> so it wasn't until 2014 and and after that people started to create apps and and created an appointment based system now you can say you you was the pioneer you can say that it's okay it's okay yeah you, you can all right it's the truth i don't know I, I, like i didn't i mean that's just my opinion you know what i mean i didn't see anybody doing you it pioneered. if people were taking appointments it was phone. text my phone you know call me and that was the wave. But for me, I just felt the need that that wasn't sufficient for me. If I'm taking X amount of time on your hair, I do not need that to be interrupted by a phone call or a text message of you wanting Smart. to get an appointment. So go online, book your appointment, and there's going to be an email confirmation for you to, that lets you know that you've been approved and you come see me. The address gets sent to your email Everything that you need to know information-wise to come see me to get groomed by me is on that email. That way, our only interaction should be in a chair. And there's no disrespect, but yeah. that's, that's just nice. Your time is important. That's efficiency. No, because, yeah. is, I mean, you always get those barbers that, that keep you in purgatory. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And you just, how many heads you got? 75, then two more people come in, and they and you just waiting there. Your back start tightening up. <laughs> You get to the chairs, opening season, and or, the next thing you know, the playoffs start. You're like, I'm still in the chair. Or as soon as you sit down, boom, they get a phone call and they're on a conversation. They're having a conversation. Yeah, for like I hate that. Ten minutes or something oh, like that. They talking yes. to Jamaica. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've had barbers. You sit there, you wait for five people, right? And they say, you think, oh, okay, here's my turn. I'm coming. Here it is. It's my chance. I get like a good. Yo, I gotta eat something real quick, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't eat all day. I ain't gonna hold you, cause I'm starving. And bro. after the oxtail, you gotta. And you go gotta to watch me eat a whole roti. Yo, listen. Like a day. I'm I'm gonna be honest. The worst barber to get is a barber that's hungry. Oh, I'll tell you. Yeah, like you ain't that. cutting my hair hungry. I'm sorry. Because if Rush. I'm cutting your hair and I'm hungry, there's the least bit of effort is being put into <laughs> right now. Right now. Not even getting the hairline. So, get a foreshadow. Again, why I'm appointment based because now I blocked off an hour for me to have lunch. You gotta have that hour. So you're not, I'm not, it's never gonna be a situation where I'm gonna tell you, yo, you booked in for my time where I take lunch. It's impossible. It's right? impossible. Yeah. It's great. See, you fixed that. the problem. See, I like that, man. You're a living testament that professionalism goes a long way. Mm-hmm. Like from everything you just said from the beginning to the end, you presented yourself a certain way, you carried yourself a certain way with a certain level of professionalism that you put into your company into your work into everything you did so this is why you're so successful and that's a that's something that you know people hearing this young entrepreneurs everybody should take into consideration always approach what you're doing with a 
high level of professionalism. Mm-hmm. It'll go a long way. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Start how you want to finish, man. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And the number one lesson in business is that it's not about you. Ooh! It's about the oh, customer. Oh, shit. Yeah, exactly. it. It the number Check your one, ego at the door. Yeah, the yeah. number one thing in business is that it's not about you. It's about the customers. So everything that I do, every decision that I've made for my business has been from a consumer standpoint. So I've taken myself out of the CEO hat and put myself in a consumer position and say, all right, if this was done to me, would I appreciate it or not? Right. And then right. based off of that, that's how I put my things in place as far as my ideals, my, you know, anything that's based off of my professionalism from appointments to how I groom somebody to even being late. Like there's a high standard of that. Like time is money, Mm -hmm. you know? So if you're, you know, if you're on time, you're late as far as I'm concerned. You know what I mean? If you're early, then you're on time. Early is the new on time, baby. Early is the new on time. Early on time. So, (laughs) So for me, I hold that much of a responsibility on myself as well. So if I'm ever late to an appointment that I have with a client, there's going to be repercussions for me, just like there's going to be repercussions for them if they're late. So it, it works hand in hand, basically. Got you. So, and that's why my tagline is, it's not just a cut, it's an experience, because Woo! the experience is not, it's not me giving you the haircut, it's you experiencing the haircut and experiencing what it is that I have to give and you walking out the chair knowing that you feel 10 times better than you felt when you sat in the chair. I'm not mm-hmm. here to be that person to say, yo, after a haircut with me, you look better than you did before. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, I'm only enhancing. You still enhancing. ugly, ma. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm like, no, I'm only enhancing what you already have. Right. So I'm a stone cold believer on if somebody says, yo, I'm not going to come get a cut today. That's fine. Mm-hmm. You look great. You know what I'm saying? With your bushed out beard and <laughs> your, you know, your hairline is actually growing back in, it's fine. Your hair is only a part of who you are. What you say, how you act, how you deliver and present yourself, that's a whole completely different situation. So if you go to a job interview and you ain't got a haircut, but you speak what they need to hear, I guarantee you, you still get that job. That's mm-hmm. true. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's I like true. that. That's true. With or without the haircut, act like you got that haircut. Right. Exactly. So I'm only here to enhance what you already possess. That's, that's it. it. So question, I mean, you you cut a lot of celebrities. We ain't going to name them all. But I'll name a few. You want, I, 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 <laughs> listen, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm very ahead, humble no, fact, and run modest. Run, run them off. Run them run off. Run them off. Let's run them off. All right. Let's do it in this way. All right. Three, so we started your, off. Three, right. three of celebrities. Mm-hmm. Who are, and you don't got, there's no order, but like, who are some of your like, you know, uh, prize clients who you've groomed and you really enjoy grooming? Everybody. Nice. Good answer. Okay. But, Everybody. Uh, I'm serious. Like, from so go ahead. Who customers been? that come to the shop to customers that I deal in the entertainment industry, there's no difference. I treat everybody the, the same. same. Okay. Yeah. So from the industry, who have you, I mean, who have you, who have you enjoyed working with? Everyone. <laughs> nah, this is too, this is but, too nice. What, who's the worst? Who's the worst? Who's the worst? This is way who's too nice. Who's sitting that chair and be like, like <laughs> Who eating, sitting there eating salt and bake while you trying to cut their hair? I, I mean, there's been I've I've cut a lot of in individuals in the industry. There's been a couple that I've you know that I've groomed and I've been like, 
I don't know if I want to groom them again. You know oh, okay. I mean? like, there's okay, been okay. there's been what clients I, like that, and so, that's because you know, you know, no disrespect, but there's certain individuals in the music industry that you know, like time is not of the essence of them. For them. Uh, okay, you know I mean? like their their time is whatever they make it. Got you. So they don't respect your time. So if there's no necessarily uh, respect of time from their perspective, you gotta take into consideration. They they're in a studio late night hours. You know what I'm saying? Their time mm -hmm. appreciation is a lot more different than, you know, somebody that works appointment based only. You know, you what want I mean? the schedule, so, man. Right. The scheduling is off is always different. So they they're just working on how they work and, and what's comfortable for them and that's cool. But from my field of work, it just doesn't work. So that's why there's very rare musicians that I'll I'll groom. Mm. There's one musician that I groom right now. Um, his name is Diggy Simmons. Nice. You know, nice. So he's a he's a recording artist and he's an actor. He's in, in Grownish. Mm -hmm. So whatever you see in Grownish, that's that's part you. of me, right? Nice. Um, I groom Michael K. Williams, which I mentioned before. I groom Diggy Simmons. Idris Elba is another one of my clients who I've worked with. Oh, um, screaming right now. <laughs> he's he's definitely one of my brothers as well like so these three individuals diggy michael and idris i've been cutting for at least nine plus years oh nice. that's, that's crazy. crazy women can't um, even get a man to text him for nine plus years <laughs> um got steve on retainer it's good work yeah <laughs> so, bossy forget about it so Idris signed out their haircut, <laughs> checking himself out in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Sincere. It's good work, yeah? <laughs> I'm like, I'm waiting that's for more. That's a good Let's impersonation. Let's hear it. Hey, I keep going now. <laughs> no, no, that's it. That's all I'm giving, man. You, know you got to pull up to the Stats Comedy Show for BK9 for the rest. <laughs> oh, I like that. <laughs> right. So yeah, there's Idris, Michael, Diggy, Anthony Mackey, Hill Harper. Um, there's... um. Who else? There's, there's a lot more that I groom. Um, and most of them are definitely actors. Nice. Um, seems that's it. I mean, it seems that's a so good it's, so, niche so for me, you. So it, me, it became a niche. It didn't start off as that I wanted it to mm. become a niche. But people, when you see Directors Cut Inc., it makes sense, right? The name. The, the name says it all, right? But for me, that wasn't the route that I was going. So that's why I say like, what you have planned doesn't necessarily work out into your favor. Mm -hmm. The universe has a mind of its own yeah. and it puts you in the place that it needs you to be in. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's been TV and film and it's been working God out. had a plan for you, man. Always, that's it. Always leave room to yeah. be able to pivot. So uh, I guess we'll, you know, we'll try to you know, end on a closing note, but what does the future hold for you? like? If you had to vision the next five years, um, I, I start five years. I was gonna say mm -hmm. ten, but it's a, it's a long window. Well, yeah, two thousand eighteen made ten years since I've had my company, so I've so oh, well, I just well, celebrated. Congratulations! Yeah, yeah, that. That. Yeah. Um, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Big moves. Um, so I've seen. I mean, I backstory. I've worked with this man in Apple in the back stock room, me and Pat lifting boxes. Just like <laughs> And they used to be upset. Like not upset, <laughs> but they used to be like, yo, Steve used to be going at somebody's head on the in the car. Like Bruh. I'd be on a walk in but like 
No, it's not that product. It's literally not this product. It's not a stock. <laughs> Stop telling the customers that. This, you know. <laughs> so I've seen, I've seen the progression. I've seen it was like, yo, I'm a barber. To where it's like, yo, I'm, I'm a professional. Yo, this is my career. Yo, this is my passion. I'm doing this. So for me, I'm excited because I'm like, yo, where does he go, right? Mm -hmm. And you know, I have my opinions, but I want you to give me your insight and give the people your insight into regards of where you see yourself in five years and where do you see directors cutting. Uh, see myself in five years owning a product line, nice. like a men's product line. Um, I see that there's going to be a chain of Director's Cut Ink barbershops. So, what's the, um, what's, what's the first state aside from New York? Aside from New York, L.A. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> I mean, I know L.A. is not a state, but yeah. It's a state. It's a city in a state. It's a city state. They're like, wait a minute. L.A. is a state? It's a state now. Pat said it. Listen, it's like Sparta. It's a city state. That's all good. You need, we don't need but, a fact check. Self-contained. But yeah, like in the major cities of the states in New York, in, in America, I should say, um, I would like Director's Cutting to be a part of. Um, I'm also... 10 years from now, I'm also looking into directing, becoming a director. Oh, okay. suck it, now. Okay. I like the sound of that. I like um, where it's going. Yes. You know, directing films. I also have like a company that is a branch off of Director's Cut Inc., which is called Relative Media. And that so far starts me and my and my cousin, who's in film as well. And we've, we're have we doing a couple of projects right now. Anything you can speak of or not? Not yet. Not yet. Okay, we're doing okay, like okay, a short okay. film for sure. Stay tuned. Stay okay. tuned for that. Um, but as far as directors cutting, in the five years, I see myself opening up some shops and having a product line. Definitely. Okay. Cool. Nice. We'll see where that goes. So where can the people find you? You can go to my website, www.directorscutinc.com. My Instagram is Directors Cut Inc. Uh, my Twitter is Directors Cut Inc. And um, yeah. Listen, it's been an amazing, yeah, amazing it's episode. Um, I think if you're listening, you should feel inspired to say, you know, you have your dream, you have your goal, but it sounds like the man had a plan. And yeah. I think that's the most important thing most people don't realize when they want to vision or want to envision doing something. Just have a plan. Have a plan and don't allow fear to prohibit you from doing what it is that you want to do. I, I say the the acronym for fear is false evidence appearing real. Right? Oh shit! Yeah. Okay, that's okay. So, did you did you copyright that yet? I'm about to go. I'm like, oh, he ain't put this on. Everyone's gonna rewind because that's a gem that the, everyone should not miss. And, and say that again. False evidence appearing real. Wow. So I I had two speaking engagements with the youth. Um, one was a bunch of young men at shout out to DC TV, a young, you know, young expiring filmmakers out in DC TV. Um, and I also went to, um, New York city ACS to deal with some foster and Rikers Island youth as well. And, um, spoke to them and told them about my whole process like I did here. But the thing that I walked away from is that everybody always asked me, the youth always asked, how are you so confident in what you do? And, you know, what, how did you know that this is where you needed to be or where you wanted to go? Like, how did that come about? And, it, you know, everybody has that fear because with fear, it's one of those things where fear can tell you, look, keep it the conventional way. 
um, get a city job, get a regular job, a nine to five, get that steady paycheck and build off of that. If that's the route that you want to take, no problem, no more power to you. I condone that. But at the end of the day is one of those things that if you think outside the box and there's something that you want to aspire to be, and it's and for some reason it doesn't feel attainable, you have to convince yourself that it is attainable. Like I left Apple knowing that this is what I want to do. If I put 24-7, 365 days into my company, it has no choice but to be successful. Mm-hmm. Point blank, period. Nice. And, so, <clears throat> and we're going to end on that note. We're going to end on that note. <laughs> put in the time. Um, listen, this has been another amazing another amazing episode of In The Stash Podcast. I am Stephon Bishop. You can follow me on Instagram at Stephon Bishop. Uh, we'll let the, the gang do their Instagram First and foremost, follow the company page at Stash Comedy Network. Um, yes, and I'm Raymond Sanchez. You can follow me on Instagram. My it's my initials is RLS underscore JR. I'm Ashley King. You can follow me on Instagram at Ashley King Comedy. Who's next? Uh, my name is Who's Patrick. next? Is it up? Oh, is it Stefan? No, no, no. Who's no, next? It's, it's, I mean, Pat. Yeah, yeah. I thought Pat? I was last. No, you last. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wait, if I'm last, am I first? No. Stop. <laughs> Rick and Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Patrick Felix, and you can find me on uh, Instagram and uh, Facebook. Facebook, Patrick J. Felix. Instagram, you can find me. Whoa, at, whoa, whoa, Instagram? Instagram, you can find me at Patrick Felix. I changed my name. No, I'm messing. I'm messing. You can find me at Pat McCrutch. Ah! Uh, <laughs> ah! So that's P-A-T-M-C-C. <laughs> Pat what? Oh, boy. Pat McCrutch. Boy, boy. Wow. P-A-T-M-C-C-R-O-T-C-H. Pat McCrutch. Listen, All right. Pat All McCrutch. Right. I mean, apparently that name can't go nowhere. And it's going nowhere. I mean, I'm it's not going go nowhere. Listen, man. Steve's and Sigas, Director's Cut Inc. Google him. Make an appointment. Book him. This has been another amazing week. You guys are in the stash. Yeah. yeah. Cut me off, Josh! <laughs>